Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Janie Ortland, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Hello, everyone. Heidi Howerton is here with you today. And Janie Ortland. hello. Oh, it's so nice to spend this time with you. I would love for us all to just imagine that we're all sitting around the table with a cup of tea, learning from one another, and having our hearts open to hear what Jesus might teach us. As you know, we've been talking about children that the next generation might know, influencing our children for Christ. We all interact with children throughout our day, whether we're teachers or moms, whether we work in Sunday school, we all come across children and we want to know how can we show these little kids Jesus? Mm, that's so true, Heidi. We hope that even if you're not a mother, you still might listen in and get some helpful hints for how to relate to different children in your life. We want to talk about grace-filled mothering over the next few podcasts. I feel terribly inadequate at this because I haven't always been gracious towards my children and grandchildren. Plus, I have friends who've written whole books on giving (laughs) our children grace. But Heidi, what am I to do with the Titus 2, 4, and 5 mandate? That as an older woman, I'm to train younger women to love their husbands and children. So... Over the next few podcasts, I'm going to give you, with Heidi's loyal, (laughs) loving, and humble assistance, she's so great at that, Uh, I'm going to give you what the Lord has given me now that I've been married for almost 48 years and am mother to four and grandmother to 13. And we'll just leave the fruit of these podcasts in the Lord's hands, right, Heidi? That sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Well, I really want to talk about three things over the next few weeks. First of all, the guilt we experience as moms. And then God's grace for you as a mother. And our final point will be how to give that grace to our children so that they feel loved in a gracious way. Today, let's talk about the guilt we struggle with as mothers, grandmothers, maybe aunts, maybe Sunday school teachers or school teachers. I know that as a mother, everyone wants something from you. Yes. Your children. Who else do you feel tugging at you, Heidi? And your- oh, my kids. My ha- I mean, even not as someone, but my house, my husband, everybody, me or friends, which I love dearly, but everyone wants something and yes. it's hard to know how do I give it? And oh, I, mom guilt. I just hate mom guilt. Oh, I hate it too. Especially when I'm one of the ones pulling at you for work. <laughs> but it's true. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants something of us, don't they? Most likely, our listeners, and I know this is true in your life, Heidi, I I see you up close, you're giving way more than you ever thought was possible in your early years. Because everybody wants something, but they're all good things. I don't feel like, oh, negative, 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 but it's, oh, I wish I had more to give because it all comes from a place of love. Exactly, exactly. And along the way, guilt starts nibbling away at your soul, doesn't it? Because you want to do more. Uh It tells you, that guilt tells you that you should be able to do more. You should be giving more, doing more, accomplishing more, 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 always more. And sometimes 
that guilt can linger through the years, even after your children are grown and gone. I can speak to that as an older mom. Guilt, which I think is a mother's habitual shadow, has a nasty way of dampening much of our efforts at nurturing and serving and loving others. It leaves me always feeling like I'm just not quite good enough. Yes. It's you're doing this, Heidi, but it's just it's just not quite good enough. Never enough, always more. Mm-hmm. Those questions of am I doing enough for my children? Am I doing enough for others? What do they think of me? What does God think of me? Well, I just want to encourage us all today Let's not waste that guilt. We talk about it. It's an awful feeling, but let's not waste it. Let's use that guilt. Let's listen to it. Let's take it out of the shadows and examine it in the light of scriptures. Let's lay out our feelings before Christ. Is this guilt a conviction from Him? Is the thing I'm feeling guilty about one of the sins that nailed him to the cross, that drove those nails into his hands and his feet. If it is, then I should confess it and receive his forgiveness and ask him where and how he wants me to change. But maybe, I don't know about you, Heidi, maybe like me, sometimes my guilt is just a nagging, self-focused fear of failure. Mm That kind of guilt whispers to me that if I were just a bit better or were just a little harder, then I would be noticed and admired enough to feel okay about myself. That is false guilt because it's rooted in pride. It will hurt our families and it will hinder our relationships with our grace-giving Father. Do you ever feel guilty, Heidi, about working outside your home or or your mothering? I think I just, mom guilt weighs so heavy on me. I even think sometimes, Janie, with discipleship group, as I lead a group typically sometimes in the year from August through May and every Wednesday night, and my husband has freed me to do that. And he says, yes, I think this is good for you and this is good for our family. But to see their little faces and, oh, mom, we just want you to be with us. And you have to do discipleship group. And yes. it's so hard because I, I don't want to love other women more than I love my kids. And yet I think that I could give and give and give. My my kids want me with them all the time. Yes. And, and that guilt of should I be or is it okay to do this? Yes. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Well, Scripture talks something about different kinds of guilt. Heidi, would you read 2 Corinthians 7.10? I'd love to. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. A godly grief that leads to repentance or a worldly grief that produces death. So I think as women, we can ask ourselves, is my guilt a godly grief? that leads to repentance? Or is it a worldly grief that just brings gray, dark death? Does this guilt lead to repentance that brings joy and peace to those closest to me? Or does it add unnecessary stress and strain to my soul and my home? 
is this guilt, as I think about it, as I take it out and look at it, is it wasting emotional energy or producing repentance that leads to life? Let's be women who listen to our guilt. Let's not waste it. Let's deal with our guilt. Is this Christ correcting you, disciplining you, leading you into renewing your soul? Do I hear the Spirit in this? Or do I not hear the voice of my Savior in this guilt? Does it just nag at me? Jesus is not a nag. The Holy Spirit is not a nag. They don't nag and drag us down. Well, one guilt (laughs) that we can let go of is making our children our primary ministry investment when they're young. We do not need to feel guilty over investing in our little kids. Our children are our gift to the future. We're teaching the younger generation to form intimate emotional bonds with others. Our our sensitivity and availability, our affection and unhurried attention are irreplaceable in their little lives. Paul's word to me as an older woman is to train the young women to love their husbands and children. Why does the apostle have to tell us that? I think because it's hard to love our husbands and children. It can be easier to minister outside our home. Think with me for a minute. Why is it more rewarding for us to organize a themed ladies' retreat for 200 women than it is to plan an indoor picnic with our preschoolers on a rainy afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's so true, though. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Heidi? I I don't know. In in my own life, I shouldn't put you on the spot there. In my own (laughs) life, I I feel like it's it's because the rewards are more immediate. The women come up to me Uh and say, oh, thank you for planning this. Yes, I think that's a good insight. Yeah. And the demands are not as draining. Mm-hmm. Or you can easily set boundaries for different things. The yes. reward, it's immediate satisfaction versus I feel like motherhood, it's very, very slow satisfaction or where you see the fruit of all your labors. Exactly. And it's something that you do day in and day out. You can plan a retreat once, but raising children, it's a day in and day out retreat planning. Right. Day after day after day. <laughs> Let me encourage the young moms who are listening that you have received this commission to raise your kids from God. As mothers, our privilege is to teach our children how to respect their daddy, how to be kind to their siblings, how to choose good nutrition and wholesome entertainment, why they should value certain things like Oh, Heidi, I know you're teaching your kids a lot about courtesy these days. Mm -hmm. You're teaching them not to interrupt. I love that. You're such a good mama. What about uh, neatness, orderliness? We also have the opportunity as mothers to teach our children which causes are worthy of their efforts, Mm -hmm. their reputations, and someday maybe even their very blood. Mm. In Titus 2... God calls us to love our children from home base. Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. We can't improve on God's design. This means more than staying at home. It means fixing our hearts on home. Now, I know sometimes that can be hard. I worked 
for 13 years as a second grade teacher. Ten of those were with children at home. So I know what it means to be outside my home and then come home and have to fix dinner and go through homework and get the kids to their dental and doctor appointments, their soccer practice and music lessons. I know it's a lot. But women can also leave their homes through more avenues than just work or ministry. That is so true, Jenny. I think as a mom, especially in my generation, it is so hard to not check out when the kids are playing Legos or we're going for a walk and, oh, let me just look at Facebook for a few seconds or let me look at Instagram or even let me text a friend because it's a sense of deeper... Isn't that sad that sometimes it can be a sense of deeper community through texting an older friend than being right there with the community of my kids? That's a constant struggle for me. Yes, yes. To be present with them instead of with them, but in a sense, present with others. Yes. Yeah, that's so good, Heidi. If we think of our kids as ministry, that that helps me. That's helpful. Um, as my chief ministry. Mm-hmm. And ministry always means being all there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put have my phone out if I was doing a ministry event or if we had friends over for dinner. Right. Good. Even now during our podcast, our phones are, are turned off and hidden out of sight. Being all there with our children means rejoicing that we get to show them how to pedal their bicycle or make their bed or build good memories or share their toys with their siblings. What I want us to see is that when we serve our family, we're ultimately serving our Heavenly Father. We serve our Heavenly Father by helping our children do that puzzle for the umpteenth time or get them to wash those dirty hands so no one else gets (laughs) sick or by planting a garden with them or acting out Bible stories and praying together or by preparing for their dad's return as the highlight of their days. You're serving, ultimately, God the Father by caring for His little children under your care. What's the alternative? Solomon tells us in Proverbs 29, 15, a child left to himself disgraces his mother. Mm. We don't want that, do we, Heidi? Mm -mm. Now, you and I both admit, and we know all our listeners know that being a mother is just plain hard work. That's part of the difficulty of it, especially if you work outside the home. But even if home is your base, maybe you're, as you are, Heidi, uh, uh, doing homeschooling on top of running your home Mm -hmm. and working. It's just, yes, it's a lot of hard work and something that can so easily expose my sin. I think spending the more, more time together the kids just see mom's struggles and mom's sin. and Yes, yes. You're exposed deeply as a mom. Yeah. I like how the little cartoon put it, I, because I think being a mom is slave labor. There's just <laughs> no end in sight. And this little cartoon is of a, a two-year-old boy. Maybe I've mentioned this before, but a little boy sitting on his daddy's lap, and they're both looking at the wedding album. Uh-huh. And the little boy's pointing to a picture of his mommy in her gorgeous wedding dress and looking up at daddy's face, and he's saying, oh, so that's the day mommy came to work for us. <laughs> Oh, being a mom is really demanding. But let's remember, let's encourage each other in this way. God has called us Mm -hmm. to this ministry. He knows there are no neutral moments in the life of a child. 
A young child's life is an experience of one continuous need after another. And our children will bear the imprint of our mothering throughout their lives because most of human behavior springs from imitation. Mm-hmm. Listen, as I say this, you are the only mother. If God gives you life throughout all of their childhood, your children will ever have. Your ministry to them is the deepest expression of your love for them. Raising your children has to be done right the first time around. It's one of the few places in life where you cannot say, well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Think of the honor of guiding the spiritual and intellectual and social development of young minds and young hearts. Think of the thrill of teaching them eternal truths from God's Word. Think of the delight of sending one more godly, vibrant, strong, secure, loving young person into this needy world with the courage to live well, for Christ's sake. Oh, what a worthy investment. Your ministry as a mother is to answer deep questions in the heart of your child. Your child, not through words, but in their very psyche, your child is asking, Am I a burden? Am I unwanted? Am I unappreciated? Or does someone love me with a love that cannot be broken? Is someone totally committed to me? Do I bring someone joy? You know what, Janie, I keep thinking of in these moments, because even as you share some of this, my heart is convicted of, oh man, that way I failed that child that day, or when that happened and I didn't respond well. But I think the sweetness is remembering, like the word stirs in my heart and says, when those moments happen, when we don't, when they might feel like a burden because of a sin that we've done. Yes. Older women have encouraged me to go and just repent to that child and say, remember that day when mama did that? Mama is so sorry. That was sin in my own heart. Will you please forgive me? So good. And I love the grace that the Lord gives us through that too, that as we sin with our kids or as we struggle or as we we don't live up to be the best mom we want to be because we can only do it once, yes. that we have repentance. We can repent to them and be forgiven and repent to the Father. Yes. And what a beautiful model to set for your children, Heidi. That's so true and so good that... Even as we raise a high standard for mothering, we know we're all not going to be able to hit it 100% of the time. So when we don't, when we miss the mark, which is what sin is, we, we do. can repent. We confess to our kids and to the Lord. We pray together. We ask their forgiveness. We ask the Lord's forgiveness. And we show our kids mm-hmm. what it means to feel sorry over hurting another person. Yeah, yeah that's so good because... As we mirror life to our children, we're teaching them what we believe about life. Mm. What is worth our our effort, our money, our very life? (laughs) Your influence over your child is intense as he sees the likes and dislikes you express, the friendships and family relationships he observes, the conversations he overhears. You are mirroring life to your child. I like the story of the mother who invited a family over for dinner. And around the dinner table, the daddy asked the little five-year-old to pray. And he said, well, 
I don't know what to say. And the mom piped up, oh, honey, you can just say what I say, Mm -hmm. meaning what I say when I pray. And the little boy closed his eyes, hit his head and said, dear Lord, why did I invite these people over for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, we do. We (laughs) We mirror life to our kids, don't we? Oh. We read about Joash in the southern kingdom of Israel in 2 Kings chapter 11. His horrific, evil grandmother killed all of his family, but God spared this little baby boy. And in the midst of this horrible culture of Baal worship, God hid baby Joash for six years. And when at age seven he was crowned king, the Bible records this about him. And Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all his days because, listen to this, because Jehoiada the priest instructed him. That's in 2 Kings 12.2. Someone was influencing this little boy in those early years as a mother can. Joash didn't have a mother, but the high priest influenced him. Remember this, dear moms, you have the privilege of passing on to young hearts a sense of God. Should you feel guilty for that? Never. As you let your children experience intimacy, nearness, and availability in their earliest years with you, you can point them to find those soul necessities in Jesus Christ, their Savior, as they mature. And then you have the delight of sending them out with a light in their souls to bless this darkened world. Someone is going to be influencing your children, inculcating values and imprinting standards on their impressionable young minds. Let it be you. Now, does this mean you'll never invest in others outside your family? We've talked about this a bit, haven't we, Heidi? Yes. No, it doesn't mean that. Goodness, no. But if you are a young mother, let your primary ministry of mothering guide your choices about where you can best serve Christ now. Don't let anything woo you away from your unique role as a mommy. This season in your life is just that, a season. And each season is a divine calling from your Creator and King. Organizing a new church event is important. Teaching your little boy to be kind to his sister is also important. But which one can best be done by you during this season? Serve God well by ministering to your children first. Very soon they'll be grown and gone with no opportunity available to recapture teachable moments. And you will have ample opportunity to serve Jesus outside your home in the seasons ahead. Now, as Heidi has brought up, we want to end this podcast today with just a word about this guilt we sometimes feel. Because as moms, we make mistakes. We're going to make more. I'm still making them. My kids are in their mid-40s. There is no perfect mother. That's why Peter instructs us in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to grow in His grace. Our kids don't need a perfect mother. Mm -hmm. They need a mom who is bathed in God's grace 
and a mom that can give her kids grace throughout their young lives. Let's stop and pray right now. Could you pray for our young moms, Heidi? You're in the midst of it right now. Would you offer up a prayer for God's Mm -hmm. grace to surround them? Heavenly Father, I just ask that you come and fill each of our hearts right now. God, help us to hear your voice. Block out the enemy's voice from our minds. God, we want to hear what you call us to. Lord, I pray that you would lead us to repentance in the ways that we've sinned. And I pray also that your grace would be there. Thank you for repentance, Lord. Thank you that when we sin against our kids that we can apologize. And that somehow even beauty comes from that by showing them the gospel, that we don't have to wake up every day. I know I have some seasons, Lord, where I just think, how am I going to fail today? I know I'm going to do it, and when is it going to happen? But instead, you offer us grace, and you say, dear dear daughter, when you fail, just repent. Tell your kids that mommy is sorry. Show them me. Show them. Ask for their forgiveness and ask for my forgiveness. God, thank you so much for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit and helping us to love our children well. We come to you with open hands and open hearts and open ears. We want to hear what you have for us, Lord. Help us to honor you as we raise our babies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. To discover more about Jannie and Ray, visit their webpage at RenewalMinistries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at HeRestoresMySoul.org.